It is Wednesday night, November 9th, 2022. A brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast is live on the Kicking Out Podcast YouTube channel and Twitter account. Hit hit like, hit follow, hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff if you haven't already. And if you're listening on audio the next day, hit that subscribe button there as well and give us a five-star ranking and review. We really appreciate that. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-hosts, Paul Zartman, Austin Shepard. Can you guys tell me what famous pro wrestling event happened 25 years ago today? Hey, hey, this is not Friday morning. I, I do not have trivia. No, no. We're, what are my four options here? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's November, so it's got to be Survivor Series. And is it the Montreal Screwjob? Montreal Screwjob, okay. yeah. 25 years ago today. Yep. Yeah. It's hard, hard to believe. It's I saw something good on Twitter. It was like, uh, well, my mind thinks it was 20 years ago in professional wrestling. It was like, it was, it was Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. Reality, it was Stone Cold and Rock. It's like, yeah. So, so you all watched the Dark Side of the Ring Montreal Screwjob, right? Yep. Who booked it? <laughs> I I think it was I think it was more of a shoot. Personally, I think uh, I think everybody was in on it except Brett. Okay. I mean, from everything I've heard, that's that's kind of how it is. I mean, I, I think Vince was, oh, of course, Vince was in on it. I think Sean was in on it. Hebner was in on it, of course. I think I think Triple H knew. Cornette knew. Yeah. Not shit stain. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, the most guilty party of that when it happened was Hebner because he did that. He was out of the ring halfway down the aisle before anybody knew what the heck happened. He said he was so scared that Brett was going to find where he was staying in his hotel room. He put all the dressers and everything up against the door. You got to remember the night before or two days before on the plane, the Brett brought Hebner up in the first class and, and said, don't screw me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he wouldn't. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, and you know it is incredible that we have as much video footage backstage after that happened that we do. Well, remember but, that. Remember the doc that was being shot, right? Uh, right. That was really good. Yeah, we were watching it, um, and they caught some of the stuff that WWF at the time was it WWF? Yeah, WWF. Yeah, it was still F. Yeah, they didn't want you to see. Yep. I mean, yeah. he, he knocked a man out. I wish I wish I wish they would have got that on tape. That would have been great. But yeah, yeah. But uh, I I can't imagine what the reaction would have been like if social media was oh. was, was back then. I mean, look look what happened at Brawl Out, and Montreal Screwjob was even bigger than that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. But uh, besides that, was also it's uh, Chris Jericho's fifty second birthday. Yeah, you, I was getting ready to ask you what happened fifty two years ago. The goat was born. Chris Irvine was born. So, uh, yeah, but he was not on Dynamite tonight. I thought no. he at least making an appearance. But he's Fozzie's overseas right now. Yeah, yeah, well, good point. So, yeah, and he, I saw something, uh, and it could have been a while back. It was social media. Uh, is there a mass singer going on right now? 
there's there's yeah. somebody that came out today that, and he sang a song and they're like that's 100 Jericho. Oh I, yeah, yes, and that stuff's pre-recorded, but all oh, wrestling yeah. fans knew it was him right away. It's like you can just tell, you can tell it's him. So that, I I mean I don't watch the show, so I'm guessing it's going on right now. It must be pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so. Yep. Just like his uh, appearance on Impractical Jokers was pre-recorded. Well, Impractical Jokers is really hard to do live. Well, I mean, like, so far in advance. Oh. I still can't believe those guys can have as many episodes as they do, because how do people not recognize them more? They, I, because when you hide in plain sight, nobody notices you. I guess it is New York City. There's a lot of people that probably don't watch TV, so... Yeah, I don't know, but but, anyways, fun dynamite tonight from Boston. Um, we did not get a debut that was kind kind of hinted at on Twitter today. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Mercedes, aka Sasha Banks, was tweeting photos of her in Boston today, so she's just trying to work all the marks, I guess. Yeah, she was she was backstage in at WWE New Mexico house show. Last week or two mm. weeks ago, mm. um, I don't know. I, I mean, they, they came out and said she was there, but she has officially not signed with with WWE. Um, I don't know. Good for her. I yeah. guess she's a free agent. Well, you know, it, it would be huge if AW could get her not only for in ring, but I think Turner, Warner Brothers, I should say, Discovery would love to have her for her Hollywood stuff. She's starting to get into. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think she'll end up back in WWE, though, if I had to guess. I don't care for in-ring work, so. No? She's no. a she's a Triple H gal. She is. Her and Bailey. Yep. You know, one of the one of the I think they headlined, they may have been one of the first uh, NXT takeovers. Mm-hmm. And they tore the house down. Mm-hmm. Was it a lot? It wasn't a ladder match, was it? Or was it a two out of three match? Yeah, it had a gimmick to it, but they tore the place down. Yep. So. Yep. Yep, it'll be interesting to see what happens with her. But I don't know. It was a good show tonight. I was expecting something really big to happen, though. Brian Alvarez kind of hinted that was going to be a newsworthy episode. and I don't know. Define newsworthy, I guess. I thought there was two segments of this show, and I – and even in, in including the main event, which I'll explain later, there was two segments of this show that trumped the whole show, and they had zero, zero wrestling. Yeah. I know one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like every week. <laughs> but, I think the other uh, one, the, my other opinion might surprise you guys a little bit. Okay. Okay. We'll get All right. Start off a uh, hot tonight with a uh, – Eight-man tag match, the acclaimed and FTR versus Swerving Our Glory and the Guns. Um, I, I, I noticed, I thought the Guns' attire was a little HBK-like. The 90s, the 90s. <laughs> Very HBK. And the one guy was walking down the ramp like HBK. He had the shoulder yep. strut going. Yep. Um, the music wasn't there. The, I kind of like the new music. It fit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Making fun I, I like how they. I like how they did that, though, against FTR which are Bret Hart lovers. So I was surprised uh, Cash and Dax weren't wearing a little pink tonight, not only for Bret Hart, but teaming with the acclaimed. Do you, you think they, they growing up, they had to call him Uncle Sean, right? <laughs> had to have. They had to have. 
Had to have. A well, lot and some DX references tonight in 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 the match. A couple couple cr- cross chops and suckets and um. But and we and we got a daddy ass appearance before the match. He booked it. He booked it, it down the aisle. I loved it. He, uh, if he I was going to run that fast, whew, <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, I, I'd have hit the ring, and then uh, somebody would have had to have pulled me out because I'd have been dead if I ran that well, fast. Let's be honest, Paul. You'd be with Titus O'Neil right under the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ouch! No, I'd get in the ring pretty well. Thank you very much. I would have. I would have fell. That dude is still lucky he wasn't decapitated. Oh my god! Yes. Was... It had to be in, in centimeters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun match. Uh, uh, Max Caster had some really good raps tonight, like usual. But I really enjoyed the Tom Brady line. Um, even the even the uh, Kyrie Irving line was pretty good. Uh, uh, we did see the firm come down with the Ass Boys, uh, Stokely Hathaway, and, and W. Morrissey, but then they. They went to the back. Um, back and forth match. Um, the result was never in doubt, though. The acclaimed FTR won when uh, uh, there was a mic drop combination and, and Austin Gunn got dropped by the big rig, which the guns did hit the big rig also in the match. I didn't do that. So, Morrissey didn't go back. He did. Was he at ringside the whole time? He was at least at the uh, middle and end of it. He made a went back to begin with, but he ended up coming okay. back out. Maybe, maybe Stokely was stayed out too. Maybe I, yeah, maybe Stokely, I, Stokely and Morrissey gave a bro hug at the top of the ramp and, and Stokely left. Okay. Which made me smile. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, the winners of to start tonight, the two hottest tag teams in AEW, maybe in all of, all of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how they, uh, shared a little moment, a couple different times in the ring, uh, couple moments you thought oh here it goes it's going to break down and they worked right through it some pretty good tag team action yeah i thought everybody i thought even the guns look good in this match keith lee and swerve i really love the chemistry those two guys have even though i think that's coming to an end here in about next yeah. saturday yeah but, well swerve did go for the fist bump and keith lee kept walking yep yeah you look at ftr and the acclaim two of the top four tag teams in the United States right now. And, you mm-hmm. know, don't, don't include New Japan, which they got some some bangers there too. But besides the Usos and the Briscoes, who else you got right now? Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you knew the outcome of the match, so. Motor City Machine Guns, maybe. You can throw them in there. Yeah, I just you just don't see them much anymore. No, you don't, because you gotta go to channel whatever you say, eleven thousand eleven thousand forty seven dash forty two sixty nine. My TV doesn't go that high. Well special order. I got a uh, remote from RTC. It takes me four minutes to get to there. <laughs> All twenty fans in attendance. Um but but no no I I totally get it. Um, FTR it was reported by a Wrestling Observer there could be Tokyo, the Tokyo Dome. Dome yeah Tokyo Dome in early January yeah so that's gonna you be awesome. The other, you hear the other rumor? Mox Osprey yeah Mox Osprey potentially and then maybe the Bucks. How stiff will that match be? Oh God. <laughs> Osprey also came out this week. He wants to get in the ring with Ricochet one more time and, and Seth Rollins. So. I saw the Seth Rollins part. Going to yeah. be very hard to do. Yeah. Although we get 
not to go down a rabbit hole, but I'm best at that. Uh, WWE letting Shinsuke go out and do over a show overseas um, for Noah. Noah, Pro Wrestling Noah. I think it's a New Year's Day type deal um, against the Muda. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Muda's doing like a retirement tour, I think, mm-hmm. the way I read it. So I like the open-mindedness of, of trips right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think you got to try to do a little business if you can. I mean, just makes Absolutely. sense. Look, if you, could, if you could do it once every five years, yep. do you, can you imagine the ticket sales – and the buys you're gonna do, yep, absolutely. I mean, you'll make more money. You'll make so much money when you go to Thanksgiving and Vince gives you a bunch of stuff. <laughs> you can just throw hundreds at him and say, "Shut up!" <laughs> yeah. You know, shut up in in your in Vince's forty two year old girlfriend. Yeah, uh, yeah, that looks like Stephanie. We all saw that. Yeah, that was like, that was a little creepy. Yeah, just I mean, just like get one of those money guns and just shoot hundred daddy. Yeah, yeah, I, I bet you he's eating steak and ketchup. Vince probably does put ketchup on his steak. That that's the root. That's what I've seen online that he does. He gets steak and ketchup like at restaurants. So, and you're not allowed to talk to him while he's eating his steak. Or don't sneeze. You know, yeah, don't sneeze. God, Sneezing's a, bad. What a freak. What a freak. But good opening match tonight. I really enjoyed it. And and I also, speaking of FTR, I saw where Dax is going to face Speedball Mike Bailey at an event after uh, a day or two after Thanksgiving. That'll be good. Yeah. Contrast of style. So why not? They're both, they're both well, one of them I know is super professional. So he'll carry the match. Yeah. We then got another banner of a promo out of MGF. This one was not in the arena. This one was at the number one sports podcast in the world. Pardon my take with Big Cat and, and uh, PFT. I was surprised to see those guys on, on AEW tonight. Was that thumbs down to MGF or no. pardon my take? Or Look, I'm one of the biggest Barstool fans you'll ask. But those two guys get some of the best – best guests and they can't get out of their own way to have a darn good interview go back a couple years when they interviewed jr and they were i don't want to say they were pick making fun of what jr has done but they didn't ask him any serious questions they had jr and they they could have dove down deep it's after his wife passed after he left wwe right into AEW. like they had millions of people listening to him and they, they they put too much comedy into it yeah. So I've never been uh I've never been a big part of my take. Now, now, like you said, it's number one pod, sports podcast. So you go over Mr. Walker, which I think is hilarious and very I, I, I love that bit he did yesterday where on the wrestling uh, Twitter where he's like, All right, MGF's coming back on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. he, he, he's he's great. He's yeah. Great. So I get it from a business standpoint, from Barstool and AEW, perfect. Right. Personally, and this is 100% personal, I'm just not a big cat and PFT fan. Take off the stupid sunglasses, just like I tell Excalibur, take off the stupid man. <laughs> okay? It's all I'm going to say. I'm going to wear sunglasses I, next week. <laughs> I, I'm not an avid, pardon my take, listener, but I, I did think it was cool that they got him on tonight, just get him a little more buzz. And then MGF just 
took over. I love the direction he did with this promo, um, which he, he, he uh, not spoiled, but he hinted at earlier tonight that it was going to be a history lesson for everybody. And look at, uh, look at Moose there pulling out sunglasses. Uh, Why not? He's a jerk. <laughs> uh, MJF um, was saying doctors inform him if he wanted to be 110% for full Gary shouldn't be on the road says the most important match of his career is coming up but it could be the most important match in sport history this bout could create the face of the next generation and we've seen that in people like Bruno San Martino uh, Ric Flair Hulk Hogan Stone Cold The Rock and John Cena their generational talents like him MJF says uh, he needs a long title run to put his name in history, but he has to beat John Moxley to do that. He thinks John Moxley's a low life from the scums of uh, Cincinnati, but he respects him because he was born with two left feet and no athletic bones in his body. He respects that Moxley had to work hard to defy the odds and, and drive far to make no money. Uh, Moxley then became the best on earth, but MJF was born to be a professional wrestler. He can do movies and TV shows and fly the flag of wrestling. He thinks he can get people talking about the business again. He says the throne is there for the taking. He will do that. He's tired of waiting. He He's had all the spotlights taken away from him, such as Cody Rhodes' neck tattoo, Matt Hardy's Humpty Dumpty fall, which that popped me. That was uh, great. And, and then um, he claims Jericho took spotlight from him for a year. And then when he returned, it was all about a press conference. But a full I, year, he's, like he's – I did too. A full gear, he's grabbing it, and Moxie will have to pry it from his dead hands. And a full gear, the devil gets his due. So one thing that I liked about him, the 15, the 15, the 15. You wrestled for 15 bucks for 15 people. I thought that was I, I thought that was a good touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at some point Moxley wrestled for 15 bucks oh, yeah. in front of 15 people. Mm-hmm. Says in his book. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was a really good touch by MJF. Yeah, you just – Every week, the guy just delivers. And I'm like, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, how do I not root for this guy next Saturday? So, do you consider John Cena a generational talent? No. He's talented. No. Don't get me wrong. I th- And I think he's better in the ring than a lot of people give him credit for. But he was just the guy to take the company on his back when there was nobody else to do. And, 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 and uh, he sold a ton of merch. I think yep. that's where he made his money. Yep. And then outside the ring, he was a stand-up human being. Still is with the Make a Wish. Yeah, foundation. that's what I was getting at. Um, not that I hate on the guy because there were some entertaining spots from him. I thought he was mm-hmm. really good on the mic, but in the ring, yeah, yeah. Right. But I get it. He drew a lot of money for Vince McMahon. You know. Well, I, and Hogan, I wouldn't call Hogan a generational talent. No. But, I mean, not in ring, but what he did, I mean, there's nobody's ever going to be bigger in professional wrestling than Hulk Hogan. If, if, we could, if we could go back mm-hmm. and do the mass slash formula and put modern-day dollars on how much money Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, I should say, mm-hmm. and Flair drew compared to modern-day money, I think we'd be shocked. Yeah. I mean, they made good money back in the 70s, late 70s, 80s, and 90s. Don't get me wrong. They made great money. Obviously, look at their lifestyles. Um, but if you if you compared it to today's dollars, if they did that from, let's just say, 2010 to 2000 and 
23 here coming up. Can you imagine how much money those guys would have made? Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But yeah, it's uh, it it was interesting. I mean, it's hard not to argue. I mean, I I think AEW's got to pull the trigger. I think they got to do it now. And MJF, you, you do it now. And and this 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 is what sucks about today's age when the, the when the whole locker room stuff happened, the press conference thing, mm-hmm. Mox. We knew which we shouldn't have known. We knew Mox went in Monday morning. Tony Khan, hey dude, I'm gonna cancel my six week vacation. Um, put put that aside. Put my family aside, and I'm gonna put this company on my back. And here's how we're gonna do it. I'll give you. A, Two months here, or whatever it was. So, I feel that we know that, and so in the back of our mind, we know that's coming. It's entitled to Knox. Like, look, I got you. I bailed you out of a situation. Here we go. Where in nineteen eighty nine, we would have never known that, guys. No, even we right, wouldn't have. Even with those stupid one eight hundred numbers or one hundred numbers, you would call <laughs> the dirt feeds back in the day. You had to pay for them twenty five cents a minute or whatever the hell it was. Okay, uh, that was a different thing. That was twenty five cents a minute. <laughs> oh, was that the nineties? That was the nine hundreds. <laughs> but but I'm just saying we we wouldn't have known we wouldn't known about it back then. Now we know oh, yeah. about it, so it's in the back of our minds, and it's 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 playing in our decision making going into the next pay per view. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. My my dad always likes to tell me a story. He uh, it was in the eighties. He and my mom were on a plane in Macho Man. Miss Elizabeth and uh, Iron Sheik were on the plane, and, and Dad's like, Dad's like, what the heck, Sheik and Macho Man doing on this plane? And they weren't supposed to be. No, no, exactly. So no, that was the first time because before that, he thought pro wrestling was real, like because he used to watch in the eighties, and then and he saw it. He goes, okay, what's going on here? This this kind of weird. Well, you weren't born then. Okay? No, I was not. But in the eighties, yes, wrestling was real. Yeah. It was. Yes. It's the way I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, why Serena Deeb got fired from WWE is because they were trying to stay with the kayfabe and she was supposed to be straight edge yet was caught doing drugs and drinking. That'll, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. Well, Stokely Hathaway made another appearance on TV. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In a video segment, uh, saying he thought he'd uh, uh, be by MGF's side when he became world cha- champion, but Instead, he is dick riding. Yes, that made it on television. He's dick riding with John Moxley. And he says, win, lose, or draw a full gear, he will see him in hell. Next. Yeah, 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 because you've – and see, this was poorly placed for me because we're fresh off the MJF stuff where they ask him about the firm, and he says, that doesn't matter right now. And then we go into a promo that says, oh, yeah, he's out of the firm. Screw him. Yeah. I still, I don't know. I still think MGF's going to do something dirty next Saturday. He doesn't need that dynamite diamond ring, but mm-hmm. he'll use it. Hey, if 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 I think the way it's going to go down, we're going to write Mox off the of TV. Mox does the professional thing. Puts him over clean. Okay, that'd be, that'd be I don't. I don't think Mox wants it any other way. Not, not that. Yeah. I mean, he's literally going to hand the torch of this company 
and he's not going to do it. It's, hey, boys, this ain't GCW where he gives it back to Nick Gage because of the firm, right? Right. Hey, right. way that was going to happen. Now we're we're in the the I'll say we're in the second biggest company in America, and we're on the coattails of the first. Okay, they're going to do it the right way. He's going to do it the right way. He goes over clean. All It'll right. be interesting. It'll be interesting. I, I, I'm good either way. So yeah, yeah. I've liked MJF since he was Cody's buddy. So I like MGF from NWA Hollywood. Remember, did anybody ever watch those shows on Fight TV? Mm-hmm. Free? No. NWA Hollywood. So it was basically before uh, Billy Corgan just bought them. They still had an affiliate out in Hollywood. Um, that's where Bo Cephas came from. RIP. Uh, that's where Tim Storm used to perform a lot. Nick Aldis came out and performed some. So, and MJF was 2021, maybe then. Yeah, I think that's where he got his feet wet, and then he went to MLW. Yeah, yeah. So, and there was 15 people there, maybe 18. <laughs> <laughs> but I just on a good night. They they were 30, 40 minute episodes free on Fight TV, so you watched them. <sighs> This next match was a fun one. I was torn who I wanted to win. Ethan Page versus Eddie Kingston, the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament first round. Um, good good match. Back and forth. We saw Ortiz. First time we've seen Ortiz on Dynamite in a while. He was Eddie Kingston's side. Um, Ethan Page ended up getting the win at the end. Um, not clean, but he got the win. He hit an avalanche, ego's edge, off the turnbuckle, which was pretty impressive for the win. So... Ethan Page moves on and will face the winner of Roosh and Bandito, which is going on Friday on Rampage, which is going to be a fun one. Mm-hmm. I saw it coming. Good man. Yep. Yeah. It, it doesn't hurt Eddie at all because there was some interference. Yep. Um, and then on, on the opposite side of the bracket. Sorry, Shep. I'll, I'll get back to you. Uh, on the opposite side, we have Brian Cage against Dante Martin. And then Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. All all three of the remaining matches are going to happen Friday. So. The big thing with Eddie King, and you guys are going to laugh at me, and I know he's I know coming into AEW, the guy scraped and clawed his way up. I remember him telling stories about how he sold his gear just to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Get this guy some wrestling boots. Have you noticed his ankles? They're on the side of the boot. Like they they look like. I don't know. I, I know he's done well for himself or better for himself now. I feel like the guy's going to snap an ankle at any minute. <laughs> yeah. he. Um, if you want to have the black boots with the yellow strings, that's fine. But get some almost some support. Uh, um, I don't know. That's about, that, that, that stuff bothers me, I guess. No, no, no. You're right because um, there's actually – I know a guy who uh, – on the indie circuit, same type of scenario. He always looks like he's stepping on the side of his shoe, not the sole of it. And his trainer flat out looked at him and goes, you either get new wrestling boots or you get out of the ring because you're going to end up breaking your ankle because those don't fit right. Straight to the point. Yeah. 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 So, But back to the match. I thought it was well executed where it didn't hurt Eddie. He came out, worked pretty darn stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like we all talked about early in the week, we think Ethan Page is going to make a little run here. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's set up to be Ethan Page versus Ricky Starks. 
Um, I think Bandito will beat Rouge, and then Ethan Page will beat him. I think Cage will beat Dante Martin. Ricky will beat Lance Archer. Then you have Cage, Starks. There's plenty of history there. So that'd be a good little trip down memory lane there. And then I don't know, out of Ricky and uh, Ethan, that'd be a good one at full gear sure. if, that's, if that's what they go with. And I don't know much. I know Ethan was uh, um, was in MLW and Impact. No, not MLW. What was the uh, Evolve? Sorry, Evolve. Yep. But I, I don't know if him and MJF have ever crossed any paths, have they? I don't think they. I, I don't think so, except just in AEW. Like I said, yeah. Ethan was involved, and I know he's in Impact because yeah. he was famous for wrestling himself with the green screen. Karate Man. Yeah. So. And he and Josh Alexander were a fun tag team, too. So do you – I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but whatever. Um, Ethan Page versus MJF, who's the, who's the face? Who's the heel? MJF well, wants to be a heel, but he's so darn over. Yeah. I'd say right now it'd be MJF's the face. All those even two. even I know Ricky Starks is leaning towards the face now, you know, with his split from from Team Taz and the way he's going. But I mean, if our prediction's right, those two in the final, I don't know. Well, and and the, like I told you guys earlier this week, if they wanted to go Starks' direction against MJF, uh, winner is coming is in Texas. He's from Houston. Yeah. Get the crowd on the side that way. But you get your crowd on the side that way. He's the face. MJF still comes in the heel. I think I think that match earlier in the night at full gear will tell us a lot what's gonna happen in the main event and how it's gonna happen. So I think if Ethan Page wins, MJF goes over maybe clean. But if Ricky Starks wins, I think MJF goes over dirty and there's your heel face matchup. Just yeah. step on. I could be way wrong. No, I'm, I'm good. We're all way wrong, usually. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, TK. Yeah. I think it's because TK listens and goes, man, we can't let those guys be right. <laughs> there it is. There it is. You're on to something there. We then got a TNT open challenge from Wardlow that Ari Davari was already in the ring accepting. Nope, um, oh, I missed the segment. Excuse me. Renee ba- pa- Paquette was shown backstage with Roosh in the Dark Order. Jose told Ten that Roosh is going to win, and when he becomes champion, Ten will get the first title shot at Roosh. Uh, likes the way he looks and what he does. Roosh says uh, he doesn't give second opportunities. Eh, whatever. I don't know. I like the, the new mask that Ten and Uno had. Those were kind of mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I like the little uh, when Roosh becomes champion, no offense, and then continues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he just had to say, oh, I know she knows this is, you know, I'm supposed to say this, but I want to make sure she understands. I don't mean anything. So we see Davari in the ring. He says he's going to give the full services of his butler in exchange for the TNT championship. Then Warlow, Smojo, Warjo come out for the impromptu title match. Wardlow uh, launches the butler out of the match, headbutts Davari, falls with a big lariat, then powerbomb symphony, one, two, three, squash match. After the match, Wardlow calls out powerhouse Hobbs. He and Hobbs have been getting into, getting into it lately. Says he's uh, finally got a suitable opponent, and he uh, thanks him for coming out like a man. However, Wardlow says the title will always be his, and he's going to take every title in the company which then, if you're paying attention to Samoa Joe in the background, his facial expression didn't like that. 
Samojo yeah. smack, smacks him in the back of the head with uh, with the ROH TV title. He then uh, gets the co- sets in the Koenig clutch and puts Wardlow to sleep. He then stands tall with the ROH uh, TV title, but Hob screens he'll come after Joe as well. So, yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of predicted this. You, uh, I think you, two weeks you, ago you, on the podcast, but I thought it'd be more when we're getting close to final battle. I'm kind of surprised he pulled the right. trigger before full gear on this. Yeah, yeah, because it was set up um, something we were talking that something would happen at full gear that would mm-hmm. cause Joe to switch, and then mm-hmm. they would have a battle at final battle. Mm-hmm. So, I like Joe better as a heel, anyways. He is better oh, yeah. as a heel. He's yeah. way oh, better yeah. as a heel. Um, I'm thinking Hobbs might get this title off Wardlow if they if they face at full gear, and then Wardlow goes after Joe in the final battle. Yeah. It's gonna be hopefully it's a it's a multi match storyline between these two guys because the size of these two guys and how athletic they are, I think they could and you know me on my big versus small or or big big you know I feel but these two guys are so darn athletic, I think I I could take a multi match series with these two. Give me give me give Give me three individual matches. I want to see Hobbs in the mix too. I want to see Hobbs Wardlow. I want to see Hobbs Mo Joe, and I want to see Joe and uh, Wardlow. So when's the last time we saw Hobbs on Dynamite? Like wrestle though. Mm, Starks. Yeah, he lost at um, Grand Slam. Which was Starks September? Uh, September, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, know it's been a while, so maybe this is his push. Yeah. Dude, dude looks like he's a million bucks. He get, needs to get better on the mic, but he does. I mean, he's chiseled out of stone, like mm-hmm. me, <laughs> just like you, just like me, just like you. Uh, we then got a face-off that was advertised all week: Soraya and Britt Baker. Before I get into details, what'd you guys think of this? I enjoyed it. Um, because you could sense the raw emotion from Soraya. Um, but Britt was a little off on her cues a few different times. So it kind of threw me back a little bit. I thought the timing was off a little bit. And Soraya, something just isn't connecting with me. And I don't think it's connecting with a lot of the crowd either because the crowd flipped and got on Britt's side during this. This was... This was better. This was a better segment than the MGF promo. This, this, this was so raw emotion, so personal. It had Paul E. written all over it. They talked. Uh, about, they talked about her past. Talked, called her a superstar. Yeah. Now, I've looked on a couple things. I don't think Paige ever worked the Tokyo Dome. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't recall her. Uh, Emerald J, GCW announcer. I know this has nothing to do with that. He is a history savant right there with Cornette. Mm-hmm. And he made a comment on Twitter like, I can't find out where she ever worked the Tokyo Dome. Now, she worked she worked over uh, Japan and, and, and stuff like that with WWE, but uh, I think it was Corrigan Hall, but never the Tokyo Dome. But, hey. Again, she's in the moment, whatever. And then, like you said, I thought Britt was a little slow coming back. But once she got going, man, she nailed it. She went personal. 
And then, you know, she, and then Soraya came back with, I drove around Europe working for free just because I love this. I got hit by a card and I worked that same night because I love this business. Like, like I said, that had a, a Tommy dreamer versus Raven personal promo all over again. Um, and then I wrote resumes to promoters and I got turned down because I'm a female. Like that one hit hard. Like, dude, I was, I was hooked on this thing. Like I, I, I missed a little bit of the show. I talked to you guys. So I was kind of fast forwarding through and I got about halfway through and I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I'm going I gotta to watch this. <laughs> and I watched, I went back to the start and watched it. Like, man, it was, it was awesome. It was I, awesome. I did like Brit's line a lot about we don't take walk-ins. Yeah. I was like, that that, yeah. that, 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 that was pretty clever. Um, and then I thought Soraya's line about, you know, that she was embarrassed in front of millions, which can hit on a few different things out there. It could hit on her, her sex tape and, and her, um, whole relationship with Alberto Del Rio. Um, yeah. and then she talked about her, her drug issues being out there to the public. So she definitely, you could tell at first, I thought she felt a little uncomfortable kind of going, you know, she's still uncomfortable looks like being off script without a script doing promos but it was a lot a lot better than what the previous times we've seen her cut a pro on AEW. so and and when she when when she was talking about being 100 percent clear you saw the emotion yep oh yeah she had to turn away i'll take i'll take no script and raw emotion any day of the week absolutely I, i also like that she said uh that um Britt was put on a pedestal. She's given a spot by Tony Khan and got fed all QT's trainees. That was great. That was, that was great. St- yeah. That was pretty good. Now, there was one bit of comedy. Let's see if you guys can catch this. What was the one bit of comedy in this little bit that did involve the two girls? I'm going to go back in the notes here. <laughs> watch, watch Tony Schiavone try to get out of the ring. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was confused on how to get out of there for a minute. Like, I mean, he might as well just hug the middle turnbuckle for that a moment. Middle road not anymore. The sun don't shine. <laughs> and I chuckled like I, yeah. I thought that was great. Well, wonder if Conrad will give him any uh, hassle next, not next week's WCW for that. Or what? What happens when? Not WCW. What happened when? Um, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. I, I'm I'm surprised though. I'm I'm surprised. You. I think you guys both liked this segment better than I did. But I'm um, I'm really surprised. Shep's put it over so much. So a little shot yeah. there. I just I, emotion. I guess, yeah, the 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 raw emotion, the personal aspect of it. Like you said, I thought the first start when it was Brit's turn to to uh, counteract. She was a little slow. I agree with that. But when she got going and she brought up the background, I, I, I love the I love the AEW throws down the curtain where, hey, I know you work for WWE. Right. And WWE yeah. Like, and it didn't work. That's why you're here now. So let's capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. You know, calling her a super there they go. Superstar. I got a superstar. I love that. Yeah. Like because because you weren't allowed to be called a professional wrestler over there, you were called a superstar. So I love that. I, I, I love the uh, the then that she comes back. She's like, you you beat a bunch of QT junk. <laughs> QT's the head trainer. I love it. You know, yep. like obviously she was not trained by QT. She's she's an outsider. You know, 
they, Jesus they, walk-in. I love it. They appeal to their fan base. They know who their fan base are. They know AEW fans are more of the hardcore fans. And they don't, you know, kick aside their intelligence. I feel like that's what WWE, especially under Vince McMahon, did a lot of times. Yes. It made you feel stupid. Yes. And, and, and guess what? A Brit addressed that right off the bat. Made fun of the AEW fans. She tried to play the heel here. She, she really tried. Did. <laughs> she mm-hmm. tried. Yep. But she did such a darn good job. The crowd started cheering her. Yep. It's the best of both worlds, in my opinion. Yeah. And it proved what Britt said at the very beginning. It was more fickle than an AEW fan. Yeah. Just look at them on the IWC. It's pretty hardcore. <laughs> uh, backstage, you saw Sanjay Dudd, another one of Shep's favorites. Uh, thanking QT Marshall and um, Cole Carter. Uh, for last week, they gave him the money. Uh, QG says next time's half half off. Then Dan Housen appears, takes a shot at them for uh, wearing hats, and Lee Johnson be on their side because Lee Johnson cost Dan Housen the match on dark against QT. Um, QT suggests that Orange defends his all in title on Friday against Lee Johnson, and <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it right away before he even finishes the sentence. Let's do it. So that's going to be yeah. the Rampage uh, main event on Friday. Trent then calls uh, Jay Lethal and his group scumbags, and they arrange a match, which was already advertised. So, Well, that's why it was earlier in the day we saw yeah. these, these comments. Yeah. It was a weird transition because it was all the guys there, and then they took a look at the best friends, and then they went back, and, and mm-hmm. Trent's challenging, and half the people are gone now. It was yeah. very weird. Yep. We then saw we saw Lethal ta- attack Trent when he's trying to make his way to the ring. Uh, we saw Danhausen and and uh, Chuck Taylor. About said Chuck Evans. Chuck Chuck Taylor uh, come out to the ring. Uh, let's make it three on three. Uh, Danhausen tries to curse uh, Satnam Singh at one point, but Satnam gives him a headbutt after he does hit uh, Sanjay where, where the sun doesn't shine. Um, Right below the belt there. Um, in the end, um, Jay Lethal gets the win, hitting the lethal injection, which I love that move. That's one of my favorite finishing moves in AEW. I love – it's beautiful Beautiful when he pulls it off. Um, and after the match, Shivani tries to interview the winners, but Sanjay d- tells him to shut up as he welcomes out J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T, the last outlaw, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett says he's here because when a friend calls, he shows up. They put a plan together, and he's, he uh, explains how uh, they're connected as he signed Lethal to his first deal while he and Dutt have taken over promotions all over the globe. He then says Satnam seen as legit giant, not someone who wears red skinny jeans. A little shot at Braun Strowman there. And uh, he also took a shot at Triple H by uh, saying, uh, I don't have the line right in front of me, but something about, Circus nose or something like that. Circus, I don't know, something. But I like the Braun Strowman shot more than I did the Triple H one, to be honest. Uh, he says they already put uh, Darby in the body bag, and they'll put Steen in the body bag. And then uh, he gets into it with a crew member who's trying to tell him that his time is up. He tells him to never wind him up again. He chases him away as the segment comes to an end. Eh. Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> Eh, I mean, we're talking about a big announcement. Now comes Jeff Jarrett. Eh, eh, no, not for me. I think I think we talked about it last week. Like we figured that we're gonna get 
mm-hmm. Lethal and Jared again as a tag team. We mm-hmm. saw them on Ric Flair's last match against Flair and Andrade. Um, but I think Sting and and Darby will put on a better showing than Flair and Andrade. God, I hope so. Um, I think I think Jar- Jarrett can still go. I think we talked about that too. I feel like this is a weird way around to get there. Yeah. Jared can talk, but the problem is he doesn't stop talking. It's true. I mean, you, you got a point A to point B, and you end up at point D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P first. <laughs> yeah. And it will be interesting with him now in the backstage role, too, in, in mm-hmm. the company. So Well, and again, he's in charge of – House shows, right? Yeah, some touring. It sounds like AW wants to do a few more house shows next year. Talent want to work more matches. He so. didn't. He didn't last very long in charge of WWE house shows. Not at all. Twice, <laughs> two different times. So, so we'll see. Like we'll see. I'm kind of with Paul. Next, <laughs> we'll see where it goes. We then heard from John Moxley, AW World Champion John Moxley, I should say, came out with William Regal. Um. John Moxley said he was young and thought he knew it all when he first met William Regal, and he loved to talk trash. He wanted to be like Regal, feared and respected. And to get his respect, he tried to pick a fight with him. That didn't go well as Regal kicked the hell out of him. That pissed him off as he found where he uh, was on the food chain, so he had to go evolve, and then the next time he knocked Regal out. He said that reminds him of MJF. He says right now he doesn't know as he is having an ex exist existential i think it is crisis <laughs> say that three times really fast yeah no thanks um, <laughs> i'm glad tanner has the read tonight he says mjf talks talk of a big time world champ but uh, moxie's a multi-millionaire and multi-world champ so he's not buying it he uh, says mjf's parents gets close from jp jc penny and take some other <laughs> shots at him fake scar fake diamond ring and did you see the jc penny regal looks in his coat to see where it's from. Hey, I've got clothes from Jason. I have too. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But back in the day, there was a. And this is this is aging me, right? We lived in North Manchester, Indiana, and we went to Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne was like 30 minutes away, and there was a huge J.C. Penney's in the the Glenbrook Mall, which is like completely empty nowadays. I think. Yeah, but J.C. Penney's still there. But but dude, J.C. Penney's played. It played well. Yeah. yeah. Regal's reaction just cracked me up. Um, he then uh, says that MJF calls himself the devil, and it's amusing to him because he says he's met the devil. He's looked him into his eyes. He's met bad people. He's seen them do very bad things. MJF is not that at all. Moxley and Regal want MJF to fulfill his potential. He's not worried about that. He's worried about what is in his guts. He says MJF needs to remember that everything he's done up until now has been easy. Pretty good. Pretty good promo. Yeah, I wouldn't say easy, but yeah. I just want to know after MJF wins the world heavyweight title, is he going to do some shout or throwback to when Samoa Joe shoved him into a wall <laughs> as an extra? As an extra, yeah, as a security yeah. guard. Yeah, they got they got to revisit that sometime. Somehow, even if it's just a quick one line in a promo from him, I, I would love to see if he wins the world title. Not necessarily involved at final battle, 
But as Joe walks out of a locker room, MJF's walking by with the strap over his shoulder, and Joe just gives him the nudge. That'd be pretty good. Feud. I mean, it, it could simple. You, you don't. Although all your purists will say, "Well, you just buried the AEW champion <laughs> on ROH television." Like, <laughs> no, you're just you're just you're building the block. Like, right. yeah, you you could make it work. People that understand that he got hit as an extra would understand that bit, where other people wouldn't. So, mm. yeah. It's still hard for me to look at this Moxley MGF match and not think what could have been with Punk and MGF two or three, I guess, yeah. if Punk yeah. didn't get hurt and go off in the press conference. Just would have been interesting to see how they would have built that up and would we have got the same result. I mean, at this at this point, after after what we know now, when a hundred percent of this punk stuff is 99.99% Punk's fault. Mm-hmm. At first, I didn't think that. I mm-hmm. thought Punk had a little bit of leg to stand on. But after all this stuff, the in- investigation, dirt sheets, yada, 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 I mean, it's, uh, like I said, it's his deal, you know? So, yeah. It, do, you, do you think Punk would have played nice if he had to? He would have had to put him over. I know. It, you know, I go. I've went back. I've watched the Eddie Kingston promos with Punk and even MJF. It's like, man, they were they were telling the truth. I mean, of what we know now. I mean, he, he obviously is a locker room cancer. Yeah, I mean, a year ago yeah. we thought, you know, this guy's changed. He's here to put the untalent over, and it wasn't really the case. It's too bad, but yeah. And then, and then, once all said and done. He supposedly still has the wrestling bug. Yeah, we'll see once he's healed up in six to seven months or whatever. And, he, hey, right now he's still not out of his – as far as we know, he's not out of his contract yet. So. Correct. Yeah. That's well, the, the only thing I could think of at the time was if you still got the wrestling bug, that's fine. Yeah. You're, but you're, if you somehow got out of your contract, you got fired, whatever, he could show up at the Tokyo Dome with AEW talent on the rock on on the on the ballot. I can mm-hmm. see that. He always said he wanted to work for New Japan. Well, and you know, I I understand why Triple H would definitely be interested in, in bringing him back if that's something that can happen, just from dollar signs. But you got to be careful there. If if their locker room's in the best state it's been in in years, you don't want something to come somebody to come in there and screw that up. No, but could you imagine the, the promos he could cut come in and, cut and just bury AEW? Well, and the thing, if they could make it happen, you know, Stone Cold had that good return match with Kevin Owens and supposedly wants to do at least another match, not a couple more. If they could do Punk as a heel against Stone Cold, do what they should have done back in 2010-ish, 11-ish, yeah. you do that, that's one of your main events at WrestleMania. Prince money. Yeah, but, but does he buy anybody else ice cream? <laughs> uh, bar. Yeah, ice cream sounds good right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I brought all the puck stuff up because I was getting to this vignette that was shown of the elite and all of their great moments being skipped through in pictures and videos while the uh, cogs from Full Gear poster are seen as well. So... Pretty good indication we're going to see them next Saturday at Full Gear. Or it's a big swerve and they're not going to show up. 
I think they got to. I think they got to. They'll be there. Now, my question is, and this was reported by Fightful yesterday and a few other uh, websites, they filed for the trademark Wayward Sons yesterday. The Young Bucks did. And somebody found a clip on Being the Elite from this past year where they said, in a perfect world, we'd be coming out the uh, Wayward Sons by Kansas. Carry on, my Wayward Carry on, Mm. Wayward Sons. But that's used... If Tony, if Tony Khan wants it, he'll buy that. He'll buy that song. Yeah, but that's going to be a big price tag because, I mean, it's been used it's on guitar for 15 Hero. years. It's on Guitar Hero. It's on Supernatural. It's, I know. you know. I know. But other than that, okay, if it's not that, are they going to rebrand themselves and call themselves Wayward Sons to the Young Bucks? Or something. I mean, now, I, I'm, I'm, I, hey, if I remember correctly, Papa Buck is a musician, right? He is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have him out there, completely dark stage. He gets on the keyboard and starts playing Wayward Sons, Kansas style. Whoa, that's a hell of an intro, boys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody's gonna know that song. Yep. And you just put Papa Buck out there, starts playing it on the keyboard. I don't know if he can sing or not. I think he can. If I remember correctly, yeah, he, he, he 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 came up with um, the Unbucks theme song. He comes up with a lot of the BT music. Yeah, so. so put him out there, start just nailing the keyboard, or even Mikey Ruckus, who makes a lot of themes for AW. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on to see if anything comes out of the Wayward Sons trademark they filed for. Mm-hmm. So, but nonetheless, another good vignette, and it. it I knew they were going to do something tonight because the Young Bucks earlier today on their Twitter header, it ended up being the inside picture of the clock that was on the vignette tonight for full gear. I couldn't figure out what it was. So, and then I'm like, oh, that that's what it is. So, yeah. Now, who do they face is the question if they are in a match next week. Is it is it Death Triangle for the trios? Because we haven't heard anything about the trios titles. It's It's got to be. So they got to return next week then, right? Next Wednesday, and unless they, you know, we talked about this on the podcast that you got to bring him back. Unless they bring him back and involve him in the tag title scene right away, you know, because everybody thought we got gypped of uh, FDR and Bucks. Um, True, three would have been three, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're due for a rubber match. And everybody, everybody at the time thought the Bucks wimped out and said, "Hey, we're gonna put them over. Let's put it. Let's put us in the trios deal because because Kenny's coming back. Um, maybe they come back and get involved that way. But the logical thing to do is, yeah, you bring them back and put them in the trios. Yeah, I agree. Now, if you have them win it, that's a whole nother thing. But. We then got the one uh, women's match of the night, Jamie Hayter versus Sky Blue. Tony Storm came out with Sky Blue because uh, Rebel and Britt Baker were out with Jamie, were out with Jamie Hayter. I did not like that. Soraya drops Britt Baker with her finisher, and Britt's back on TV. Thirty nine hour later, yeah, I don't like. I didn't like that. I didn't yeah. like that. Um, but we saw Hayter get the win. Um, it was after uh, Sky Blue hit a big thrust kick, but she ate a big boot from Hater, and then several chops, and then a major lariat. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a good women's match next week between Hater and Storm. And we already got the backstory 
So, as long as we don't get a random AEW flash up on our screen, like we're coming back from, you know, a replay or something, when we're just going from one moment of the match to the next, I'm good. Yep. Does does is is Britt holding Hater back? Yes. Okay. I keep comparing it, and it's 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 apples to oranges, really. But I keep thinking of when Randy Orton and Triple H and Evolution to when Randy finally did something Triple H couldn't do, and then Triple H just made the group turn on him. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of what I'm seeing there. Peter's got a ton of potential. I really do. Yes. yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's enjoying uh, on on the uh, in the ring. We haven't seen much of her on the mic because Britt's always talking, right? Which I get, yep. I get but I mean, I think she'd be really good. Well, and if you notice from the very beginning of their partnership, she never does the DMD when all the never. rest do. She just stands there. She teased it once, but that was it. Yep, it's a little thing I've always noticed. So, yep. Backstage, the men saw Lance Archer attacking Ricky Starks, throwing him to a metal guard, and says, "Everybody dies. Everybody's gonna die." Yeah. Lance had a white break going on tonight, not red. <laughs> yeah. My favorite part of this whole thing was how Alex was trying to uh, seem so, you know, like shocked by all this. Yeah. Uh, you know, the camera's like from here up on him. I was trying to get a word in with Ricky Starks about the tournament, but uh, uh, this happened instead. Yeah, yeah, Marvez, he's always given tough backstage things. Like He is. Yeah, he tries his best, but it just comes off corny as hell every time. And, and, and you know, he's got to be upset now because Renee gets to interview, you know, Roosh, and he's stuck pretending that he walked up on this. Well, not that... Renee, just because she's better, uh, she's easier on the eyes. But you cannot compare those two as an interview. No, no. Renee is forty-seven levels above. Yeah, Jackalo, whatever his name is. Well, yeah, Marvez because, does some good. Does right. a good job on um, the NFL channel on Sirius, but Renee's a whole nother level. Like like you said, Shep, yeah. she's just really yeah. talented. Yeah. Yeah, and and let's not forget, you know, another not again knock against Marvez, but they brought him in as the backstage guy, and then brought in somebody else to do it, and then brought in somebody else to do it, and he just keeps getting pushed down and down and down. You guys remember on the first AW show, um, Double or Nothing, twenty nineteen, Golden Boy was one of the commentators. You guys remember that at all? No. Yeah, and no. he never did another event because then TK went out and got um, Shivani instead and then later on got Taz because it was Excalibur, JR, and Golden Boy. I t- I remember Excalibur and JR, but I don't remember Golden Boy. Neither do yeah. I. I'm going to Uncle Google right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty dang sure that was his name. Yeah. Yeah, he's not even around in the company anymore, so... We then got our main event, two out of three falls, Brian Danielson against Sammy Guevara, a rematch from their contest two weeks ago. These guys didn't waste any time uh, just going at it. Um, pretty quick, uh, one fall decided when uh, Sammy hit Danielson with a A-steel-like chair throw, um, getting disqualified, so Danielson went up 1-0. 
gets Guevara continued to attack him by wrapping a microphone cable around his head, punching down with a microphone to add further damage, busting him open. Um, back inside the talk on the microphone and it didn't work properly. Yeah, yeah. Back in the rain, he uh, he's hammering down with some elbows, hits the GTH, gets the win, so we're tied at one one. Uh, Guevara continues to attack him, locks in the crossface submission, but Danielson gets out of it, starts throwing his trademark kicks. Um, back and forth a little bit. Tay keeps getting involved. Finally, Bryce Ramsberg throws her out. Um, as they continue brawling, Guevara hits a leaping knee, which sends Danielson to the floor, and then he follows it with a shooting star press to the floor. That was pretty impressive. Guevara went for a springboard cutter, but Danielson saw it coming, caught him in midair, and set the label lock in place. But Sammy got to the ropes. Instead, Danielson unloaded on him with a series of kicks. Missed the big one, though, and ate a knee strike instead. Guevara went for the GTH, but Danielson responded with a reverse hurricanrana. Followed up with, uh, with a knee. Guevara held on to the knee, though, and reversed it into a lion tamer, which wasn't quite how Jericho did it, but good try. Um, Danielson then got to the ropes. Avoids another GTH. Bounces back to the ropes. Managed to hit another knee. Guevara then hits a back-flipping DDT, which was awesome. I thought that was the move of the match. Um, but he went for the high risk. Danielson got his knees up, hammers down the elbow strikes before getting the label lock and making Guevara pass out. So Brian Danielson, the winner, two of three falls for the main event. And, and while Shep's still uh, researching over there for uh, Golden Boy, <laughs> um that that DDT towards the end of the match was great. I hated the fact that the camera watched Danielson then crawl himself and position himself in the corner. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we know you've got to move to make sure you're in the right spot, if, especially if you oversell uh, like Danielson's really good at doing. Um, but move the camera up to Sammy only or do a crowd shot or something. Don't, don't let us see him position himself there. I, I don't know. It was just, he was too far away to try to hit that in my opinion. It looks like I might've been wrong. The commentators were Jim Ross, Excalibur and Marvez. Mm, okay. Yeah, but, but golden boy at one point in time was all elite. Yeah. So it's out there. Hmm. Uh, Halfway close. Halfway there. Um, no, I thought I thought the main event was good. I mean, Sammy Guevara, nobody gets heat like Sammy. I mean, the crowd tonight, F you, Sammy. Um, but that guy can go in the ring. I've And I've never said he can't. Um, so, so going in the last six months of AEW, we – I'm sorry, AEW has – broadcasted Danielson as the most pure wrestler, right? Right. Like that's been his gimmick, his push, whatever. Guevara is not Guevara can't hang as a pure wrestler. Okay. Right. So tonight we get Guevara brawling, cheating, whatever you want to call it, to get a leg up, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say leg up, he gets a fall because of the chair, the microphone, the cut, whatever. Um, and one of his uh, go to sleeps was it was on the chin. I mean, it hit. I, I sent you guys a text. There, there's a concussion. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. Not, hopefully not. But I mean, 
from the camera angle. It was- well, even the chair throw, I'm like, why do you – I know he got his hands up. I'm like, why do you do that to a guy who has concussion history? Why, right. even, why even do that spot? But – so, like I said, we got we got two different styles. But I think it worked out well because you get Danielson a leg up because he gets the DQ, right? Mm-hmm. And then Sammy goes and does the the microphone, the chair, the dig, yada yada yada. He gets one, right? So all right, you're you're one to one. You have a match, and then you have a little bit of wrestling in there over the brawl, and then Danielson goes over. So. Whoever booked this match, whoever produced this match, whoever was the agent, whatever the hell you want to call them, and I hats off to them because mm-hmm. Danielson still had some pure wrestling in there. Sammy got over as a heel, did some healacious stuff, and doesn't look bad. Mm-hmm. They both come yeah. out of the thing looking great. Yeah. As long as Danielson doesn't have a concussion. I'm glad they had Sammy pass out, not tap out. Yeah, no, no, yeah, because it was in a it was in a wrestling move. Sammy's not a re- they didn't put him over as a wrestler that can compete because he can't. He can't do it. He's, he's a young. sports entertainer. Yeah, well, he's too young. He, he doesn't have the experience that Danielson has. Right. So he go out there and do a pure wrestling match. Yep. So I think this was the best of both worlds. It it was done right. So. Whoever the agent was of this match, kudos to that guy or woman, whoever it was. What do you guys think about the Fatal 4-Way match? Guevara, Danielson, Claudio, and Jericho for full gear for their ROH title. Lazy booking. Yep. Yep. Because, I mean, you know, Guevara's not going out there to to win this. This is a – it's going to end up being basically a tag team style match, and uh, Guevara's going to help Jericho win. Or if the title goes off, Jericho, Guevara eats the pen. Yeah. I mean, that would be one reason to have Guevara in there if you're planning on taking the title off of right. Jericho. This way, Jericho doesn't have to eat the pin. Right. You can't You can't change that on an AEW pay-per-view, right? I don't think so with no. uh, ROH pay-per-view coming up on December yeah. 10th. No. Yeah. It'll be final battle if it happens. Again, it's like, hey, what do we do with these guys? Pass them together. Yeah. It gives yeah. us like a month until the next ROH yeah. pay-per-view. Ah. Yep, I know. I'm right there well, with you. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be a tough one to predict though, kind of. Points wise. Points wise. Points wise. Points wise, yeah. I put fourteen points on the referee. <laughs> <laughs> Which and one? He's gonna make the pin. <laughs> I-, I will put a hundred points. Um oh dang it, I just blanked her name. Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey Edwards. I I will uh, yeah, I will put a hundred points that Aubrey Edwards is the ref for Jericho's Fatal Four Way. It's a pretty good call there. I I trump you. I'll do two hundred. <laughs> Ooh, too You're rich too for my man. blood. Uh, all right, I think we recapped the show. We reviewed it pretty good, pretty in detail. Uh, now it's the. Two big questions of the night, rating and wrestler of the night. So, uh, Paul, why don't you lead us off first? All right. Well, uh, before I do that, by the way, uh, Golden Boy was brought in on a uh, per-show basis around a gaming event that was going on where they were at. There you go. That's why we haven't seen him since. 
uh, and it was only dynamite. Um, rating for tonight. I, I'm I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna go eight seven. Holy shit! <laughs> there there was a lot of good segments, and the raw emotion from Soraya really pushed it up there for me. What's in um, your Kirby's cup, big guy? Coke, <laughs> actually root beer. And ice. It was the ice. I blame it on the ice. I got brain freeze. Uh, no, but uh, th- there was a lot of good segments. I enjoyed tonight's show. It was a fun show. And like I said, all of the raw emotion helped push it up for me. And we saw FTR on TV. All right. Two, two weeks in a row. I'll go 7 8. I'll reverse your numbers there. Uh, higher show for me than last week. Um, a lot of stuff I liked. Uh, I thought this was a in-ring heavy show which was fine but there was a few things i didn't like um a small detail like Britt baker being out there again for the women's match after she takes sharae's finisher didn't like that usually they're pretty good not having a talent come back on um one thing i forgot to mention in our review was uh jungle boy jack perry's backstage uh, little promo i thought he did well on the mic again um interested to see what he's got up his sleeve for christian and luchasaurus on rampage on friday but a uh, few things I didn't like, but overall, better show than last week, in my opinion. I think last week I gave it a 7-1. Um, this week I'm going 7-3 because of two promos, or two promo segments, the MJF and uh, Sarai and, and DMD. Other, you, other than that, if you take those out of there, I'm in the sixes for sure. Do you guys think AW, and I know we're only – you know, next Saturday, the 19th, full gear. We don't even know a majority of the car. But you guys think AEW starting to do a better job telling stories with the matches or no? Nope. It's a 50-50 split. There's some matches that there's a really good story involved. And then there's some matches like Just why do we have four go. guys going for the ROH title? So I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I'm thinking earlier today, I'm, I'm thinking about tonight's show. Mm-hmm what's going on and it's just like and i think i've been critical in the past like give me some storytelling give me give me give me some length and right now in professional wrestling it's hard to beat the roman reigns deal right now yeah but here's what makes that good in my opinion he's got some sides okay you know he's the he's the stake but he's got some sides. He's got some t- potatoes, some vegetables. And the reason is he's got the Usos and he's got Sami Zayn, right? Some Uso pebbles. <laughs> yeah, don't be Usi on me. You're not yeah, you got to get Usi. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm just saying, like, you can go into a show and still have some Roman Reigns on, on, on television, but you have Sami Zayn in a match. You have the Usos in a match. But it all plays back to Roman Reigns. It's just awesome story, mm-hmm. and I know Paul Heyman has his hands in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's just like, man, can we get a can we get a a ninety day feud for the AEW Championship? What would you guys do if we had a ninety day feud with a payoff of the AEW Championship? Have we ever had it? No, I'll answer that for you. We haven't. Would we love it? If they did it right, we'd love it. And you know, I'm glad you brought that up because it just clicked in my head. I felt like before Cody Rhodes left AEW, there was some more long-term storytelling. There was. 
since he left. Yeah, I mean, not so much. I mean, the just the Cody Brody storyline in itself spanned a couple months. And I enjoyed that. We Cody all Ma- Cody Max. Yeah, I mean that that, that was the beginning at, right when AEW started. I mean, before Double or Nothing was even around, and then it went clear to you know full gear. Max yeah. turns on them, and then they get their match of Revolution. Well, yeah, and then you had the then you had Warlord come in, and he had that little yeah. That little buffer. So yep. you stretched it out. It, it mm-hmm. worked out well. Mm-hmm. And and sorry, I'm sick of some world title eliminator tournaments. Is this the third one we've had this year? Uh, this is the third one we've had um, since August. I think they've done this at full gear 2020, 2021, 2022. So it's going to become a full gear tradition probably but they also did that grand slam which that had to be a pivot yeah because of the yeah. punk situation but no i i would and and listen you got guys like mjf and mox who are just million bucks on the mic they can prolong this i know we don't want them to right now or it's not going to happen but it could have been so much more and i know mm-hmm. we were we were dealt a bad hand with the with the CM Punk deal, eating his banana bread, drinking his lemonade water. By the way, I bought some of that lemonade water because I like I don't drink pop. I can't drink pop. Right. So I drink club soda, flavored club soda, flavored sparkling water. I bought some of that stuff. It's awful. It sucks. Well is that the was that so he wasn't drinking what Moxley drinks, athletic brewing. No, 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 no. It's it's flavored club soda. I have some in the fridge right now. I can go get some, but uh, maybe they're going to be a sponsor of our podcast later. So I don't want to bury them too bad. <laughs> Let them know their product sucks. I, I bought the lemon flavor. It sucks. Go back to, I'm a bubbly guy. I was a bubbly guy before Jericho popped the bubbly. Okay. We'll build the bubbly. Yeah. I, I'm a huge bubbly guy, but their product sucks. Anyways, Kroger was out of bubbly, so I had to buy their shit. It sucked. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, Eliminator tournaments. Eliminator <laughs> <laughs> tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's been a lot over. of them. I'm over. You said the pivot because of the press conference, and that led yeah. you to banana bread the and muffins. And- the, the banana bread did look pretty good. I I yeah. I'd visit that lady's bakery if I was in Chicago. It yeah. Looked pretty good. They should have went and opened up right then and there. <laughs> they would have had a line out the door that night. Yeah. So. Um, all right, Paul, we'll let you lead off again with your wrestler of the night. Man, this is... You're I, always complaining that you're last. So <laughs> you go for... uh, yeah, because Shep always steals my stuff. Um, all right, well, I was going to listen to what you guys had. I was prepared to go last this week. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to stick with what helped me. I'm going to go Soraya just because of that raw emotion. Uh, that uh, I mean... The, there's a difference between trying to fake cry and trying to hold back tears. And I she saw cried. more of the trying to hold back tears than yeah. force a cry. Yeah, that was that was pure. That was unscripted. That was as real as real can get. She's been down a long path, and she starts talking about it, and it hit hard. So, you know, good for her, and- man. And a little bit of a uh, shout-out to A.J. Lee. She skipped a few times as she was coming ringside. 
So yeah. somebody who was very inspirational to her uh, as she was coming into WWE. Yep, absolutely. You know, AJ Lee put her over right off the bat. Yep. Yeah. Was was Paige 19 years old when that happened? Or was she, she was really young. Yeah, she was 19 or 20. She was 19 or 20 when she put her over, and she put her over in what, two or three minutes? Yeah, I remember right watching after, it that night. It was yeah. such a shock. It was yeah. huge. It was uh, the – That uh, was before uh, NXT was on cable. NXT was an online show at the time, so not a lot of people knew who Paige was. Right? Yep, and she comes out holding right. – uh, she comes out holding, I think, the NXT champion women's championship. Yeah. No, she did no, not. She was no, debuting. No. It was after WrestleMania. Yeah. She debuted, and AJ won was the, doing her whole the I'm the best and won the Divas title. title in three minutes. I, think it was I remember she put over Sasha Banks for the NXT title, right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I'm going back. So, yes. I think it was Sasha. It was either yeah, because I, I think it was Sasha because there was some heat over that when she was part of Soraya getting injured again Although, in, in WWE. Okay. This is a complete mind erasement, but I remember back in the day there was an NXT match with Charlotte and Natalia. Charlotte had Rick, Natalia had Brett. And for some reason, I thought the title was vacant, and they were fighting for it. Natalia put Charlotte over. I vaguely remember that. And, yeah. and maybe that was because Paige Soraya vacated the title because she won the Divas title. Because we still called it a Divas title back then. I don't know. That's a long time ago, and I've slept and drank a lot. <laughs> Anyways. You almost said way too much, Shep. Yeah. My wrestler tonight, do you guys even have to ask? Dax. Dax Harwood. <laughs> no. Anytime FTR's on TV, it's Dax. I, no, love the guy, but I thought tonight, um, and I hope he's okay. I hope everything was well. He sold it like a mother. You got to go with Brian Danielson. Yeah. yeah. Dude's a workhorse. Yeah. You know, I was Sammy thinking wasn't, Sammy wasn't too far behind. I thought Sammy worked his butt off tonight. He did. Um, contrast the styles again. We talked about that earlier, but man, I was I was really happy with that main event. See, I'm in the trivia mood tonight. So, can you guys tell oh, me who God. Danielson beat last year at Full Gear? I was champ last year at Full Gear. Hmm. Uh, I beat you, and I got that prediction wrong, if I remember correctly. Uh, um, it was, he beat him? Yes, he beat this guy last year. Yeah, because that was when he I'll was still I'll even his... give you. I'll even give you a hint. This was in the Eliminator, the title Eliminator Finals. Danielson became the number one contender and then ended up having two great matches with Hangman. Or actually, it, he already had one with Hangman at. No, 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 that was with Omega. But he had two great. Yeah, he went on to have two with good ones. With Hangman. Was it Cole? Nope. Nope. No. It was. It was MJF. Nope. MJF faced Darby at Full Gear last year in a great okay. match. And Jericho was the next one, but 
I don't think Jericho was around. It wasn't Jericho. Jericho was with the uh, that was the American Top Team street fight thing last year, know. full gear. Mox would be the only other person he's worked with, right? And Mox, Mox was out. Mox was in rehab, full gear. That's why he faced this guy. I think he was supposed to face Moxley, but they had to pull a pivot. Oh, oh, Miro, Miro, Miro. And now where's Miro? Not on TV at all. Uh, wearing a kilt with his wife on Snapchat. Hey, he was the uh, groomsman for, for Seamus. Mm-hmm. He and Drew and Claudio and yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know what? How would you like to show up to that wedding, have a little bit too much to drink, and oh, say, man. Oh, I'm gonna pick a fight with the, the wedding party? Yeah, <laughs> hit me with a claymore, McIntyre. Come on, you big wuss. Well, no. Here, here's the thing. Here, here you're, uh, you're, uh, you're on the bride side, okay? Your date is friends with JC, right? You have too much to drink. You have no idea what these people do for a living, okay? You have no idea what they are. And maybe you're their size. You're a big old brew, right? And and you have too much to drink. You have too much Guinness. You have too much uh, uh, Jameson, Jameson. whiskey. And you're saying, I'm going to go pick a fight with these son of bugs. You know, how bad of luck do you have to have in life? Because you know, you know, at some point it happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, you pick these guys to pick a yeah. fight with? Yeah, out of all the pro wrestlers, those are four like the top ten I wouldn't want to mess with. Yeah. Yeah. Get the crucifix bomb into the uppercut, into the claymore, into the game accolade. over. Game over. Yeah, you speed accolade. Yeah. 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 Oof. Good stuff. And and some of those things, they could they could just be shoot. They can they can hit you hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that Claymore, uh, McIntyre could dislocate your jaw if he wanted to. Oh. Easily. Easily. Yeah. So. He'll take a bump on a fake dance floor <laughs> on his shoulder just to, yeah, just to prove a point. Oh, good stuff. Oh, well. Imagine this in my head now. Uh, my wrestler tonight's Ethan Page. No, of course he is. Uh, arguably his biggest win in AEW so far for him. So. Clean. What? Hey, it's your pick. I can't, I can't argue, right? You guys took two good ones, so I wasn't gonna take Jay Lethal. No, I I should have picked Satnam Singh as my red. I mean, hey, he is getting more should action have. now. <laughs> Braun Strowman, Stokely. Braun Strowman calling out his own coworkers. I there's a better chance of me going on a diet than picking Stokely Hathaway as my wrestler than that. <laughs> You'll do it right after Tanner shows up in a Marco stunt t-shirt, right? Oh, for oh, God. Same size. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, if 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 whatever size Marco wears would fit Tanner. Probably would. <laughs> Does that mean I need to start making dinosaur noises on here now? No, please don't. That's... Uh, before we wrap up, did you guys see what Road Dog Jesse James or Brian James said today? I, I did not. I was not on social media today. Uh, neither that was I. Dumb sob. He no said, point. "I'm going to go find it so I don't misquote it." So oh, I just found it. Is on Twitter. Yeah, it's so. Stupid. You retweet or you uh, you did the uh, Ryan Reynolds the Ryan Reynolds gift, gift to it. 
I don't think Brett was Brett Hart was a great wrestler. I think I was a better sports entertainer than Brett was, and I think that's where the money is. Be back on drugs. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean Oh, you didn't know? I, I mean, I, I always enjoyed Road Dog on television. Yeah, he was entertaining, but and, I mean he comes from his his family was just awesome. Okay. Bowl of Bob. You know. His dad and his brothers were just awesome workers, and and then, you know, hey, the guy the guy was a veteran, he served in Iraq, you know, bless his heart. But you come out and say stuff like that, they're gonna say, dude, you're back on the sauce. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was dumb. I mean, yeah, yeah. When he said Bret Hart wasn't a great wrestler, okay, he lost me there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Bret Hart still be working today if we didn't have some. Dumbass named Goldberg. So. No, he would. I mean, we yeah, we probably missed. Could, yeah, we, we, I don't know how many more years of Brett. Yeah, I'm not saying we got cheated. We got cheated. Yeah, I'm never was a Goldberg fan. Never will be a Goldberg fan. I uh, I've been going down a Brett Hart rabbit hole on Peacock lately. So yeah, dude was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I remember again, young kid, burst Bulldogs. You know him, and and then getting involved in the the intercontinental match with uh, Davy Boy at Wembley. Was it Wembley? In Wembley, SummerSlam. Right? SummerSlam. Yeah, Wembley Stadium. Man, that freaking was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, thank God it was that overshadowed. Remember the old Road Warriors? They were so messed up they got yeah. thrown to the first match of the night or whatever. Yep, that's when Hawk was just he was yeah it was, it was Hawk was yeah. out of it yeah yeah but. Well, and then and Brett put Baby Boy over. That was man. If we could get a match like that nowadays, the storm. You know. know how long did it take to get to that match? Three months, four months, five months, six months. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Give me a little bit of that nowadays. I take it. Yeah, I know. I know. We got. They we want to rush everything. I know, but we got. We got back then. They had one wrestling show. They had Raw, pre-taped Raw, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They might have had some Saturday Night Main events still going, but that didn't air till ten or eleven o'clock at night. Now we got two primetime television shows, right? Mm-hmm. We I got a little mouse in my pocket. His name's Tony Khan. Anyway, <laughs> we got two primetime television shows. Give me a three month feud, man. Give me a three month build up to this. Now that was family. It was personal. We get we get the little aspect there, but you know, with with our Get a mouse in my pocket with the AW talent that they have and the talent they have backstage, they could build something like this. They really could. Well, and the feuds that he, Tony Khan, seems to prolong are the ones that have factions in it. Mm-hmm. JS, uh, BCC. Um, I remember Team Taz, Darby, and Sting, or just Darby in general. That went on for like six months. Um, yeah, we don't get any individual feuds. More than a month. And I, I'm, I'm a little over factions, period. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in a faction. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, let somebody work I'm on in a faction. faction. What's your problem? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, I think it's a – we had a great show. We've had a lot of great shows. We get a lot of – we're lucky. We get a lot of uh, pay-per-view matches free on television. I think we've had that – for the last couple of years, um, 
just need to fine tune a little bit. Let's be, yep. you know, I don't know. All right, before we get out of here, I got two questions I want to ask. Two questions. Three, if you count, how long do you take that from him, Shep? Um, like next Saturday right night. Here. Yeah. Right yeah. Here. Although, hey, I'll be in Arizona when this happens. I'm playing in an NHL alum golf outing, which I know shit about hockey. I didn't even know Phoenix had an NHL team. But I'm playing in the Phoenix alumni. I fly out next Thursday, whatever. Um, but I'll be in Phoenix uh, watching the pay-per-view, drinking a couple toddies, obviously celebrating a golf victory, uh, taking that thing too. But anyways, mm-hmm. go. Ahead. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a day of victories for you is what we're hearing next yes. Saturday. Uh, shanks. Shanks all around. <laughs> First question. All right. We, we talked Hogan earlier. We talked Cena earlier, and it made me have this question. Between Hogan and Cena, who do you think was the bigger outside of wrestling star? Hogan. You mean walking down the street and getting mobbed? Well, yeah, you know, uh, the, the you know, in the eighties, in the early nineties, there were a handful of names you knew. Hogan. Anytime anybody said Hulk Hogan, right. you knew who that was. You think John Cena is on that level, or do you think he surpassed it? Yes, but he has a crutch. Crutch being social media. Okay. Hogan didn't have social media. Hogan did it by television. I'm guessing newspaper back then. I don't know what that, whatever the heck they advertised in, right? Um, Television, radio, newspaper. Yeah. His picture was, you know, somewhere. Okay. And. Wherever Hogan was, because that's the town he was going to work that night, people knew he was in town. So if he went down to the local diner to have breakfast, he got mobbed. Difference being now, John Cena got plastered over social media, internet, the interwebs, right? So just because I'm not a wrestling fan, but I see that he's done – 500 make a wish and it comes across make a wish and I follow make a wish. I go down to the local diner, have breakfast. Cena's working that town that night. He comes in for breakfast. Hey man, you're the make a wish guy. You're not the WWE guy. You're the make a wish guy. Man, it's, I don't know if you can balance the two, right? All right. All right. All right. Fair enough, good, fair enough. Good question. I, I think it's Hogan, but I think his brand was just that much bigger. Okay. Um, second question, as we're talking about Saturday and or next Saturday and uh, future events. Um, last year, there was the second event ever called the Squared Circle Expo in Indianapolis, Indiana. They announced that Hangman Adam Page was going to be at that event. At the time, Hangman did not have any gold. By the time the event rolled around in April, Hangman had gold. Is MJF going to have gold at Squared Circle Expo? Three. In April? Yes. In April. Because they've already they've already announced him, right? Oh, yeah. He was like the second or third person they announced. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree with Tanner. If I'm AW, I put on Hangman a full gear and I have him go, go with it for a year. If you if you finally put it on MJF, 
is what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yes. Tanner Tanner's off making predictions for yeah. next year. Um, if you <laughs> if you put her on MJF here in November, at least till Labor Day weekend of next year, he's on he's carrying that. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's if somebody comes out of the woodwork and becomes a star. Because the closest we've got to a whole year was Kenny won it in December 2020 and lost in a full gear last year, November 2021. That was the closest to a full year we've got. Yep, wanted it winners coming and held it to full gear. Yep, yep. So. Yep, I Good questions, though. I agree. Good job, Paul. Yeah, Yeah, I I have them occasionally. (laughs) It's just got to be, you know, midnight before they come to me. Well, since we're almost midnight, I'll let you wrap this up for us. All right. All right. Hey, be sure to follow the Kicking Out Podcast on all social media at Kicking Out Pod. And while you're on our social media pages, check out our merch store. You can buy some great merchandise. Look great while you support a great podcast. Tanner's got on a, a KOP shirt tonight. If you're watching this on video, audio doesn't translate too well. So you're going to miss out on that. You got to go check out the designed. shirt. Yeah, it's red. So go check it out at, on our merch store. We've got two of them, two of them. Uh, be sure to listen to the Kicking Out podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And even though Tanner said this at the beginning, that was an hour and a half ago. If it happens to be Apple podcast, be sure to give us that five star rating because we are the five star KOP. And be sure to follow Tanner Lee on all social media at Tanner Lee 92. Follow Austin Shepard at the Shep27. Be sure to follow myself at Paul Zartman 921. And with that, for Tanner Lee and Austin Shepard, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we make our predictions for full gear right here on the Kicking Out Podcast.